0: Hi! Welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie writers on their journey toward publication.
1: I'm Christina Katane, and I write Christian dystopian fiction. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Jamie Hirschberger. I write short
2: fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I'm Rhonda Hagerman, and I write fiction
0: and nonfiction. All right. Um, If you like what we do, don't forget to like and subscribe and hit the little bell button so you get notifications when we go live. And so we always start our podcast out with a little segment we like to call What's Up? So what's up, Jennifer?
1: Oh, I get to go first. Okay. Um, well, I'm back. Yay! Um, my face is almost completely healed, which I cannot believe. If um, you follow me on Instagram, even if you don't, go on to Instagram and look at my um, highlights I think under life and you'll see what I look like a week ago and it is a miracle of God. I'm still swollen. You can see this is kind of like hanging down and there's a little bit of red, but I can't believe that I, um that I'm not like completely like wearing a mask to cover it all. So, so yeah, so I've been not feeling well this week, not really sure what's going on, but I'm, I'm here and yeah, so that's what's going on with me. Getting ready to take a little trip down to visit my um, son in college with my girls. And
2: so that's it. What's up with you, Jamie? Um, I don't really know. I felt like, what am I going to say during my what's (laughs) up? I guess I'll share that I watched Fiddler on the Roof last night with my kids. And um, that was really cool to do. I'm a homeschooling mom. And we've been um, just kind of in kind of that time period. Not really. I guess we're working backwards because we were in World War II. And it was interesting because the whole theme, if you don't know about the Fiddler on the Roof, is about how um, the Jewish people were starting to be persecuted way earlier than you would think. Um, you know, this was before World War I even, and a, a major plot line of Fiddler on the Roof is the um, Jewish people being removed from their shuttle or their village. So that was really educational and also fun. And it was really neat because the song If I Were a Rich Man from Filler on the Roof was actually sampled in a more popular song. So my kids were like, this is that song. And I'm like, yeah, this is the OG version of that song. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, it was just kind of neat because it helps, it helps when kids can like latch on something familiar and bring it into an experience like that. And then they think, well, maybe this is something cool that I will give a chance to. So that was fun. Yeah. What's up with I you, think- Rhonda? Oh, go ahead, Tina.
0: I was just gonna say, I think that was called the POM
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. When
0: they they were they were putting Jews in ghettos basically, even back then.
2: Yeah, because um the the lead character asks, is it a program? And, and they're like, Oh no, just a little this or that disturbance so that we can show our hand of might or whatever. And so the kids are like, What does that mean? And so we went and we looked at programs and we found out that Kristallnacht, the knight of broken glass, was actually considered one of the bigger programs but that was like so many years later anyway it was a very very interesting enhancement to our our school I yeah. thought
0: cool go ahead Rhonda sorry I didn't-
3: <clears throat> oh, that's okay education is cool okay <laughs> uh well speaking of education I guess what's up with me is this morning I've got to educate my friends on button collecting oh boy <laughs> <laughs> I love buttons. I've got probably, I don't know, maybe about five or 6,000 buttons in my – stuffed around my house. Thousand. Some of them – Oh, yeah. Definitely. But easily. Um, but anyway, um, some of us did not know that they were actually button shows around the country. All <laughs> of <button> us? clubs. <laughs> All of us at
1: Ronda did this. I was
3: just trying to be generous there. Okay. <laughs> so um, talking about buttons has really gotten my day off on a good start. So – that's up with
2: what's, that's what's up with me. I mean, I um, guess they're small enough to where if you had five or 6,000, like they wouldn't be like, you know, you don't have them all over that bookshelf behind you or, I mean, I guess they are easy to contain mm-hmm. into one spot. Yes. I'll write them my
3: Bujo for next week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Redecorate
3: my bookshelf with buttons.
0: I'm on it. Is that like the dazzling stuff? Like you're gonna- yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. okay. Tina, what about you? Well, I had my uh, granddaughter over this weekend um, for the whole weekend. And that was the the first time doing that without my son here to be daddy. Um, And it was exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) She never stopped. Like even for a second
1: to think or anything <laughs> <laughs> you forget right you when when your kids grow up you're like oh that was so easy And then you get grandkids and you're like oh this isn't is that so easy
0: yeah and I, there's a reason we have our children when we're so young <laughs> because there's no way <laughs> i told my husband i said we need to keep her shorter next time like right around the time when it stops being cute <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's when she needs
0: to go home like when you're like all right i'm over it let's go to sleep
1: listen i've seen pictures i have a hard time imagining that it ever stops being cute she's adorable Aww, she, she is oh really. uh, and i'm really biased but I, yeah
0: she's very adorable <laughs> and she's talking so much and the, the funniest thing that happened was we we set up the air bed for her and she helped put the sheets and everything on and we made the bed And um, I said, this is your bed, Athena. So she grabbed her big, she has this big stuffed gray elephant. And she climbed in and she said, turn off the light. So I turned off the light and um, she said, go, go. So I went out and I could hear her in there talking to the elephant going, it's okay, honey. (laughs) She was comforting her elephant. So that (laughs) night when she woke up in the middle of the night crying for her father, I said, it's okay, honey. Because I knew that's what she wanted to hear.
2: Yeah, It's adorable.
1: It is adorable. Hey, before we move on, we've got a real active chat already uh, today. Uh, Robin Sardi says that she has a degree, a history degree in World War II. So if you want um, to nerd out about this, let her know. She's referring (laughs) to what we talked about earlier. Um, Maria, as well as the rest of us, did not know about button shows. But Robin (laughs) says that L.M. Montgomery has characters who collect buttons. So we'll have oh. to pick up one of her books and see. Yes. Be, you need to write a character that collects buttons, Rhonda. That oh, be like awesome. I'm
3: already so on it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and Marin, there may not be clues in a certain book coming up.
1: Oh. oh. Uh, see, this is what you get when you watch her podcast. You get little inside <laughs> secrets of things that are coming that no one else gets. Yeah, we didn't even know. Right? <laughs> we <laughs> thought we were on the inside. <laughs> we're all clueless. Yeah. Okay.
0: Today, So our topic for this week is collaboration. Um, and so the reason for this topic is way back in December, um, we talked about compiling some of our writing sprints that were all about Christmas. And so I'm actually going to let Jen explain this all to you because I think it was between her and Rhonda, it was kind of their ideas.
1: Yeah. I mean, like it was just kind of, we were writing, doing our regular writing sprints like we do every week. And we decided to um, do Christmas themed ones. So some of them were Christmas words. Some of them were like a title, like uh, the Christmas pageant debacle I think was one or something like that. And I, I, I thought wouldn't it be great if we were to just compile them and put them out as a a, a collection of shorts Um, because as authors we could, you know, we should be publishing and it'd be fun for us to publish together, it'd be a fun way for us to share uh, what we are writing with people that don't watch the podcast in a way for us to help promote the podcast. So that was the original idea. Super simple. Let's just throw them together. Let's make a cover and let's just do this. Um, but it just never kind of came around because we didn't have enough, I think meats to fill between the covers uh, to really justify publishing it. And so it kind of just didn't happen we, it was so short on time. I, I think it was more like November because we were still recording the podcast then. We didn't have live chat back then. Um, but still, we didn't have time to really pull it together and pull it off. So it kind of like got forgotten about for a while until Rhonda recently decided to bring the idea back up.
2: Yeah, I think silly things like real-life actual Christmas got in the way. <laughs>
1: Crazy, right?
3: <laughs>
2: okay. And, uh, yeah, so then Rhonda, bring it back.
3: Picture it. October 2018. Leaves are flying. Pumpkins are glowing. Jennifer brings out a Santa hat. Oh, yeah. I had a, and a Christmas tree. I had and a Christmas tree with six ornaments on it.
1: Because you can only see six ornaments.
3: <laughs> um. So, yeah, um, I think that we decided to, um, yeah, just write these Christmas stories. So my thought, um, Tina and Jamie and I had written with a couple other people this compilation where it started in a carnival. That was the inciting incident. That was the scene, a carnival. And we were all witnesses or possible suspects in this guy's murder. Or accident, whatever it was. So anyway, each of us took one character, and we got back together a month later and read all these stories. And it was so much fun to see how we had all taken this inciting incident and created a story out of it. And um, anyway, recently Jamie read part of it, and that made me think about it again. And
2: um, I'm yeah, what well, Rhonda's talking line. about is I submitted that um, piece that I had written to our postcast. Which if you're uh, Patreon subscriber. You get access to the postcast. And what that is is we each submit a piece and then the other three critique it. So um that had brought to mind that really fun idea. And so Rhonda came into our office hours. We do a portion of time where we talk about like the podcast <clears throat> and business, and she said, Let's do that is that about how it went, Tina?
0: Right. So the exciting announcement that we have to make is that we are writing a and a collaboration a compilation of a Christmas stories that has the same inciting incident. And Yay! I think, I think that we decided we weren't going to give it anything away about the actual story itself, but basically we're all in the same town and there's the same inciting incident. And then we are going to, with from our character's point of view, tell what happens next. And hopefully we can get it done and get it published by Christmas.
2: Yeah. And what we thought would be fun was to just kind of be transparent about the process as we're going along. So this is supposed to be one in a series of episodes of how does this collaboration thing work? Um, How does it work for us four? I mean, I think it's fair to say that this isn't something that just random four people could likely do together. Would you guys agree?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that we have a relationship, that we're friends, that we have an established writing group. So we have um, expectations of each other and we've worked together and other things before um, and have had a collaboration as far as each other's work. I think that really is important for us, at least. I think that um, two, like four random strangers, I don't think could pull this off, at least not as well as, as we're going to.
2: Oh boy.
0: (laughs) Like, I suppose if there was like one boss and they said, This is what it's going to be, now go write it. But in our case, we are four bosses, and so we uh, had to agree on stuff. So we didn't Mm -hmm. know that one of us just said, Okay, this is what it's going to be.
1: And so there was a process to that. Right. And it was a long process. And I mean, fun because like, I think people have realized already that we are four and we're friends but we're like four completely different personalities and we write four different genres. So there was that like to get through as well to figure out how this was going to work. Yeah.
2: So I guess, um, we're talking today about what our process was for just the very beginnings of things. Right, Tina. Right. Um, I,
0: I can't read my notes here. Sorry. That's okay. Um, so we want you guys, our audience, to be kind of coming alongside us every step of the way. Um, and so, like, if there's a delay and it's not going to happen, we'll let you know and you'll know why. Um, and so, yeah, let's talk about how the idea, we talked about how the idea came to be.
1: Um, so uh, should we talk about how we, st- like, how the meeting went? Like, we.
0: Yeah, let's talk about our meeting mm-hmm. and um, some of the different choices we had to make. Um, in order to be able to
1: do this. Because I think this is good for us to talk about, because I think that for us, it took us a long time to kind of get to a place where we felt like we could then start this project because we didn't really know where to begin. So maybe we can, through our experience, show you like what you, where you should start. Like, um, well, like well, we one of the things that we really didn't talk about at the beginning and we realized as we we're going on that we really should decide, is there going to be like an inciting event? If Is there not? Um will the stories be independent where they share a theme, that kind of stuff, because we just thought we we would have a setting and then let's just go. And then as we talked about, we're like, well, that won't work with what I'm thinking. And that, so that's where it kind of, kind of, it didn't derail. It just took us longer. So. Yeah, um, it
0: was, it was just a lot of brainstorming. And I think we started with, we were all going to end up at the same place. And then that became problematic because um, it kind of limited what you could do because you had to end up in the same place. But so then eventually we got to the place where we decided that the inciting incident would be the same. And so then you can end up wherever you want. And that worked a little bit better for us.
1: Right. We knew we yeah. wanted it to be Christmas because that was the original idea as we wanted to get with a Christmas book. So we knew that. Right. Um, um, go ahead. We also decided on a setting. We, um, we wanted to be at least familiar with, with all of us. And since we've all at, We don't all live in Michigan now, but we've all lived in Michigan. So we decided it was going to be a small town in Michigan. We're going to make up a town. Um, But we did agree on that because we wanted snow. If we're going to write a Christmas story, we didn't want it to be um, in Jamie's, you know, paradise that she lives in right now (laughs) that we're sick and tired of hearing about. No, just kidding. Um, So we did agree on that. Uh, Robin asks, how did we decide on genre and era? Um, era we just decided we wanted to be contemporary because then we wouldn't have to each do like the same research or share research we would just do it as if it's happening right now so the era was kind of easy genre we did not pick a single genre we are we didn't kind of we
2: did say uh happily ever after happy for now um they did not allow me to write yes, in the end, she ends it all by jumping off the bridge. Like they were like, no, Jamie, (laughs) you cannot write that kind of, they wanted an uplifting, feel good kind of a story, but that was Mm -hmm. the only limitations that we put on each other for genre.
1: Sorry, Jen, for interrupting you. No, that's okay. I mean, we're just kind of going free and loose with the genre. Like I'm probably going to write a romance. I'm kind of like a one trick pony. I just really enjoy doing that. And, (laughs) but if, if, Rhonda wants to write a mystery and Jamie wants to write, you know, whatever, like, as long as we had the same um, inciting incident, which we finally got to the point where we realized we had to have something that that's, that was a springboard that all of them connected to. And then we all, you know, would end at the same place, then it would, it would be fine. So you know this might like again, we're taking you guys along on this journey. This may not work out, but mm-hmm. we'll find out as we go along I yeah, think so, it's be great
0: so like for me, I write dystopian, and so obviously i 'm not going to be writing something in the future with like a government that doesn't work or but there's enough <laughs> in our society today that doesn't work right that I can write a character whose world doesn't work for him and how he works through that and finds the true meaning of Christmas in the process. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and you know it's really easy to just make all of the nativity creatures come to life and actually be aliens in disguise. So I had no issue. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well,
1: but but if that's oh, what you, that you want to so do. I was right. excited. You know, yeah. like, we joked around about a little bit. Rhonda and I are huge um, Sh- Agents of Shield fans. We're both science fiction fans, even though like neither one of us really write science fiction. We love watching and reading it. Um, and Robin asked, "So sci-fi paranormal permitted? Sure." Like, if it'll fit into mm-hmm. their story, that's fine. Because, like, you know, in the world of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., everyone else is living a normal life. And then over here, they're fighting aliens and we don't even see it. So, like, it could work out. I mean, or it might yeah. be a disaster. We'll find out. Right. right. Well, <laughs> I if you think about if- it,
3: Gremlins, that was a Christmas movie. And that was definitely science fiction or fantasy. Well, I guess it would be science fiction. Um, so it doesn't have to be, you know, battleships and stuff like that to be science fiction.
2: Yeah, um, I'm just now realizing, like, Gremlins was a Christmas
1: story, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. And that took me a minute. I was like, oh, wow. It it's was... not one of those movies <laughs> no, that Die rolls Hard. around,
2: you know, in right. December. Yes, Die, Die Hard was, too.
1: Die right. Hard was a Christmas movie, right. too. Tis <laughs> okay. the season.
3: Well, just I to vote clarify, Our town doesn't have any uh, skyscrapers, though, please.
1: No,
2: we decided not. That was another thing. Um, we decided to model our... Fictional town off to a real life town that we're all familiar with a little, even though for me it was like, well, I've driven through there. But we did pull up a map, and I kind of, growing up in Michigan, have a really good idea of what the ladies were thinking. And we were able to draw on references from books that we had in common. And I just want to clarify something um, because of the questions we're getting in the chat, we're not looking for submissions for this. This is going to be a compilation that the four of us put together. And it will be uh, Christian Indie Writers branded, and um, will
1: will be a collection of stories written by us. But if this works out for us in the future, that might be something we consider doing. Taking submissions, I think that'd be great. Yeah, but we're not ready for that yet.
2: (laughs) No, we don't even. I mean, we're kind of feeling our way around. But if this does inspire people to write a Christmas story, that's really exciting. Um, And I, I do hope that people will. follow along with us
0: yeah
2: so i wonder like how much are we going to be able to reveal and at what points but i guess that is to be seen
1: right because um maria had kind of hinted at she was she said i'm already fascinated to see how you get the same inciting incident incidents across different genres but we we kind of decided Uh not to share that yet right What the inside agree that we weren't going to share that yet Sorry, Maria, you're going to have to stay tuned. Eventually we might share that as the story goes on, but right well, now. We, we
2: kind of, yeah, go ahead. As I was gonna say right
1: now, we just kind of want to keep that to ourselves because let's be honest, as we write, we might decide this isn't working. We want to change it. So yeah, we never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and oh, with this no, podcast, no. you never know. You
0: never know. Okay. So one of the other things we talked about in our meeting was whether our characters would know each other or not.
1: So does anyone want to tackle that subject? We kind of agree that they would, but I think it was more on a case-by-case basis. Like if, let's say, Tina wanted to write someone who just moved into town and what their experience was with the inciting incident, then she could do that. We just have to communicate that to each other. So I guess that's another thing we should talk about, too. I don't know if it's in our notes for later, but we had to decide mm-hmm. on how we're going to communicate things to each other. We do have a Facebook chat that we chat with each other on the daily on the hourly, sometimes we talk a lot during the day and we were like throwing things up there, but we needed to be more organized. So we decided we were going to be like, I think we decided on Dropbox, didn't we? Or no, we have a Facebook group too. And that where we decided we are going to post things. Yes, so be because more.
2: the topics are all nested in there and you right. can throw an idea up at 1.30 in the morning and people can respond to it, you know, when they're not sleeping because um, we all have varying levels of insomnia yeah. going on <laughs> and we are all inspired at different times of right. day or night and then people can put all of their ideas for that one topic into that um on that page and in that particular message thread but then we are going to have a Dropbox kind of a spreadsheet i joked that is going to make family trees for all of our characters <laughs> and that that, that was a joke <laughs> no well it wasn't but then you guys were all like ha 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 and i was like oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Because I feel like if we if we continue this with any um, if we continue this annually, how fun for our little town to kind of grow and to have history. But anyway, in our Dropbox folder, we're going to do things like keeping track of character names and relationships. And the reason why it was important for us to decide if the people knew each other wasn't just to have that information; it was so that two of us didn't write the story of the mother of the person in the inciting incident, or two of us didn't write something like, well, you know, brother, his brother, John and his sister, Mary Sue, and the other two people had the person as an only child. So we have to make sure
1: that we're aligning um, with particular details so that our story will make sense. Right. All and right. it's important that we communicate too, because um, Jamie had mentioned that there was a st- particular type of business that needed to be in this town for her story. And I was like, oh my gosh, that fits perfect for kind of what I'm thinking about my character. So one of my characters can interact with one of her characters um, and we can write about it separately, but it can, it can mirror each other. Um, So as you're reading the two different parts, then you'll see how they overlap. So we're kind of hoping that'll work as well throughout, but um, ultimately we're writing separate stories that will like start at the same place and at the same place and possibly they'll interact a little bit, but they're going to be separate stories. Just, we just- didn't
2: talk about this, um, beforehand, but I just want to know from all of you are any of you like feeling really nail bitey about this? Like this seems like a really big mm-hmm. thing to try to do. <laughs> like, ah, how are we going to be able to do it?
1: Why no, not? I'm excited. Me too. I think, I think- it's going to be great. I think you're the only one biting your nails. I'm like, let's do it. Like, I, I just feel like we'll be done within a month. Like, of course, Mm -hmm. then again, like, you know, things happen. So, which I guess was in our notes too, like that our plan is to come out for Christmas this year, but if it, you know, if things happen and doesn't happen, then we're not giving up on this project. It might just be tabled to the next year, but our goal is to have it done um, within the next few months so that we can edit it and we can get book covers and we can be ready to rock and roll, you know, at Christmas time. So, but no, I'm, I'm excited about it. Like, I I just don't see how we can, how it cannot be good. Let's see, let's say that it's not even that good of a book, right? We're still going to publish it and people will still read it. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just do it. What? Yeah. Don't don't stress out about whether it's going to be perfect or it's going to be the greatest book ever or people are going to, who cares? We're going to do it. We're going to enjoy the process. Yeah. And we'll be able to say, look what we did together. This was great. And then we'll, then we learn from it. Either we learn, yes, we're going to do this again or we're going to do it again and we're going to change this or, that was a good lesson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is kind of our cookbook. You know how like the ladies auxiliary puts oh. Oh, together yeah. an annual cookbook? Well, this yeah. is kind of ours and everybody's submitting their own recipe.
1: <laughs> but it's got to be formatted. So it all looks the same. Yeah. So, yeah that's a really good analogy. And yeah. next
0: year our stories have to have recipes in them now.
1: Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> fun. I love that idea.
0: Hmm.
1: That people Cooking could that actually person. make. Why do we have to wait till next year? I like that idea.
2: Ah, um, uh, Jamie doesn't like.
1: (laughs) No,
0: no. I only have my story (laughs) written in my head. There can't be any recipes.
2: Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I know what your story is like. What in the world? I mean, I would make a joke, but nobody will get it because they don't know your character and stuff. That's hilarious, Tina. Putting yourself on the spot. Your character's not a cannibal, is it?
1: I'm not saying. (laughs) all right so i've already said like which i don't think needed to be said but i've already said that i'm writing a romance does anyone else know for sure what genre they're gonna do
3: i'm uh, (laughs) gonna do a light mystery light awesome
2: i i don't know what you would call my genre um uh, just kind of a drama i guess drama Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not
0: sure mine has a genre so just literary fiction. Of, and, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. That's, mm-hmm. yep. Jamie,
3: at any point, is your character going to be standing on a bridge? Even if not jumping off? I don't think so. Okay,
0: good. Mine might. <laughs> Mine might be standing on a bridge.
1: Yeah, one of you said that, like, if I wanted to, like, cross path with you. Was it you, Tina? That, yeah, that I cross-
0: just wanted my character to observe some lovers. And she's going to have, like, an internal thoughts about that. Oh, so I uh, just said, that kind of bridge is okay. Yeah, I so I just said if if at any point in your story you have like a scene where in public where there's like a kiss or something that my character can observe, just let me know and I can try to fit it in. I can be persuaded to write a kissing scene. Hmm. Yeah. I just, I <laughs> I just assumed you were gonna write romance and that there would be kissing. So
1: it's an easy assumption. Yeah. So Tina and I need to take it. So the t- I think we can share what town, right? That would be okay. if we I don't it. See, think that matters. We're, we're going to base it on a town called Lapeer, which is not far from here. Tina lived there for a while. My grandparents lived there, so I spent a lot of time there growing up. My husband grew up there. Um, Ron has been there. Jamie's driven through it. Um, but it's very similar. The to the yeah, there you go. So that so you've been on this on the downtown street. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So it's very much. I mean, like it, for me, it was either that or like Oxford, but Lapeer's a little bit smaller than Oxford. So it's a a sized Michigan town with a downtown area that they decorate up all at Christmas, and there's little shops and restaurants and stuff, and so and there's like a a, um, a place where they would have a Christmas tree lighting and and things like that. So mm-hmm. um so Tina and I need to take a research trip and go hang out in the park and write so that we can like look around at the bridges and stuff like that. And then Rhonda and I are gonna go to the town I grew up in, which is this little bitty town uh northeast of Flint called Otisville. Yes, that is its real name. Mm-hmm. And there is a little diner, a little Coney Island diner, what we call Coney Islands in Michigan, there that um is kind of in my mind the diner that I was going to pattern the diner after and so we said we're gonna go beat there for coffee and do some writing so i'm excited about just doing that getting together and mm-hmm. and doing some research traveling right. so
0: my husband Maybe. also grew up in Lapierre, and they just made a new park in downtown Lapierre, and it um got a brick walkway and mm-hmm. in the bricks in the walkway they have um in memory of all these different people and my husband's father oh. has a brick on the walkway oh, so oh that's kind of nice. cool
3: so, Jamie, I mean, well, this might be helpful to you, that um, Genesee County was actually part of Lapeer County until 1840. So is that
2: helpful? That how was so that? So amazingly helpful. Well, I, because we lived in Genesee County, <laughs> let me really was the Lapeer County. And jump over to my document and finish it up. Now <laughs> okay, that I have see? That. I, I'm so glad I brought it up. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gerard. I'm just teasing you. But frankly... Um, uh, I was very clear with the ladies that the the layout or setup or whatever of the town wasn't going to be so important to my character. Um, but I just, I felt we all had to have some kind of a unity, right? Like Rhonda said, I can't have my character go into downtown and take an elevator up to the 35th floor if we're doing downtown Lapeer. So Right. It was very important that we all set the same setting. So, Tina, do you want to tell uh, our listeners the uh, exciting bit about our town? Okay.
0: So the exciting bit about our town is that we still don't have a name for our town. And so we are going to ask our listeners to submit ideas for the name of our town. And then when we have our meeting to decide the name of our town, we're going to throw those in the pot. And discuss them along with ideas we might have. And we will announce next time. Did we decide it was going to be next time?
1: Yeah. What we the name? To- okay. I don't know if we decide that, but I think we should do it next time. Yeah, we do need to it by next one. time for yeah. sure. What the actual name of our little
0: town in Michigan is going to be. So if you have ideas, it can't be an actual town. It has to be a made up name. No and I've already been told it can't be twin pines or snowy pines because <laughs> apparently it's that's a town in some other book
2: so Yeah um, we don't want to be um using a name that's also really popular in like we can't be Mayberry or we can't be I don't even know Bedford Falls or some of these other names. So we're just looking to see what you all would find to be an enticing name possibly. Right. Do we have a feeling that we want for the town? Maybe not. Maybe you guys tell us what feeling it should have because some town names are kind of funny, you know, hole in the wall, Michigan or something. And then we have to decide, is that ironic or, you know, is it, is it funny that a town called small is so big or I don't even know. But the point is we're looking for ideas from you all because we're open to being persuaded.
1: All right. And who knows, like this might just be a springboard for us to write other books, either more collaboration with each other in this town, or I, I might decide to write a whole romance series with these, with this town, and and then maybe Rhonda writes a mystery series that's completely separate, but it's still all happening in this town, that would be kind of cool, too. Who knows? Yeah. This could be opening huge doors. So this name is very, very important. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Great, transition. Okay, go ahead.
3: Okay. I would just like to say that even if this is all we do with this, then it's nothing else. I'd just like to say, it's been a great bonding experience. If anybody else has a writing group, I highly recommend at least going through this process one time because you have to compromise with all these other personalities. And you have to be willing, if there's something that you really don't want to give up, like say the town name, or, um, if everybody has to write the same genre or whatever it is you want, you have to be willing to compromise. And I think that our, we discussed this for like, what, four hours on one day. And then also a couple hours later in the day. And, um, anyway, I thought it was just a great bonding experience.
2: And oh. I just want to add to that. You also have to advocate for something that is un- a non-negotiable for you because the experience yes. has to be good for you as well. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have to compromise, but you have to not be afraid to speak up and and say, I really need it to be X, Y, or Z.
3: Right. Because right. after it- a while in a group, um, one person might feel like they're making all the decisions or that one person never makes any decisions or that um, maybe somebody doesn't care because they don't have something that they really have to have. So it's just a good way to get to know the people you're writing with.
1: Right. And you don't have to have the end goal of publishing like we do. So I would suggest if you're in a new writing group or it's something you've never done before, then find a writing prompt like like the ladies did in their other writing group. And um, each of you take a different character in that writing prompt and do it and just enjoy the process and see how that goes. And that will really help, I think, strengthen your writing group and your writing skills.
0: I think anytime you try to write something new and different that you haven't written before, it only strengthens your writing muscle. And it, and it only, um, the, also the muscle in your brain, that creative muscle in your brain that has to uh, make up things. And speaking of that, that's a great segue into our next segment called The Feeding of the Bat. Yay. So today we had five words from the random word generator and we had 15 minutes to write. A, a complete story. Uh, or some of us not so complete because we <laughs> ran out of time. Some of us didn't even complete the sentence that we were writing when the timer went off. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so who wants to read out the words? For I know that we posted them on Twitter, but
2: <clears throat> Jennifer always goes first.
1: All right, Jennifer will read the words. Yay. The words were counsel, twilight, polite, unbox, and, and constraint. We were not happy with mbox, but we
2: did not change it. Instead, we picked it. it up. Right. Tina, and do you want to say what the definition of mbox box is? To enclose in a box. <laughs>
1: it was a really difficult word. Really difficult. But um, as you will see from my writing, um, I kind of fixated on that word. <laughs> <laughs> and when I finished way early, way early, because like when we were done with the Sprint, my exact words were, well, those are words. So, very low expectations for this one. So, I would like to go first today to get it out of the way if no one cares. Yeah, go. All right. I gotta put my glasses on because I'm old now. They're cute. Oh, thank you. I don't like the way you're always trying to unbox me. Violet lifted an eyebrow. Inbox. Yeah, to confine to a box or a box like constraint. then why not say box see there you go again trying to inbox me why can't you just let me use the words i want to use violet lifted her hands in surrender my bad inbox away no victor insisted you are the one inboxing not anymore i de- i'm deboxing you now that's not a word but inbox is yes what grammar council made that decision victor pushed away from the table and stood up It's nearly twilight. Violet (laughs) blinked several times and shook her head. What does that have to do with anything? I'm just trying to be polite. What? He sighed. After 30 years of marriage, have we ever gone to bed angry? No, she answered simply. Well, he said, I don't want to start now. Are you really that angry with me over the word de box? M box. Right. (laughs) Sorry. But seriously, are you angry over a word? No, I'm angry over what the word stands for. She thought for a moment. I'm sorry. Do you even know what you're apologizing for? Not exactly, but I don't like being the source of your frustration. So for that, I'm sorry. Victor reached out and cupped Violet's chin. I love you. I love you too. But I hate when you use words like "debox." box. M. Never mind. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. That was good. I, I liked it. it. I could not get the word and box out of my head. And it was just Obviously. like, yeah, right? So those are words.
2: I know. I'm going to play that word the next chance I get in Scrabble and just wait to be challenged. It has an X. I'll put it on a triple word score. People will be so angry. We are such geeks. But I really liked how you turned that word into a central character, really, in your story. That was very clever.
1: Oh, yep. thank you. I thought it was really annoying. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I, I was liked even, it. I wasn't even annoyed as I was writing it. I'm like, can this just be over with? Like, am I done with this yet? Well, really you just like really want. Wonder-
2: yeah, I like Victor too. He's very, he's obviously going through something. And this is right. just like, poor Violet is just on the receiving end, you know? Right. Like, we don't know what's really his problem, but- he's kind of touchy right now
1: goodness it's, it's funny that's exactly how i felt as i was writing it like this is not even about this word but i only have 15 minutes so i cannot get into what it's about. i don't even know what it's about so
2: but that's a really good uh character um that you created there mm-hmm. to explore thank you and i
1: like how you fit the romance in there yeah uh you know what thank you like I really didn't think about that, but it's really a goal of mine to someday write at least one book that is based on marital romance. Because there's all oh. these romances out there that are like, you know, first love or you're just, you know, mm-hmm. you meet each other and you fall in love and how they get together. But I think that, like, there is a huge gap in the romance inter- industry about marital romance. Uh, Karen Kingsbury has written um, a couple that were just, like, actually quite a few, Then she's really good at it. And I would like to, like, explore that, so. I I was
2: captivated yesterday watching Fiddler on the Roof by the do you love me scene Mm. because here, Tavier, I don't know how to say his name, is watching his daughters choose life mates and fall in love. And his marriage was arranged. So he's asking his wife, well, do you love me? Mm. I mean, what an, an interesting storyline to explore and they did it so well in the movie version and um oh, I was almost brought to tears you know it was really um, and that's a kind of marital story that you can have a falling in love thing happen even though these people have been together but I know that's not what you're going for anyway it was just um came to mind because my, my husband answer.
0: likes to walk around the house singing that song oh
2: <laughs> <Aww. laughs>
0: Not to me. He just said Do you it. tell him, shut up and eat
2: your soup like she does? <laughs> I should. He, and he really loves soup, too. That's
0: really, I never made that connection before. Like, he actually came to me once and said, I want to have soup every Saturday. So I'm like, okay. So we have wow. Every
2: Saturday. All right. All right. Well, Tina, why don't you go next? Oh, okay.
0: Um, I'm not really sure. What happened when I sat down to write this? Uh, Maybe I'm going to be switching genres. I don't know. So here we go. Wow. The meeting with the high council happened at twilight in the midst of the stones of time. The fireflies danced in the shadows as the last rays of the sun blinked in the moonlight. I stood in the midst of the circle, trying to keep my knees from knocking together. Lady Bianca of Algarath, began Councilman Sherpoth. You are charged with high treason and the attempted murder of Isabella Shimmerflick, the fairy sprite. Do you understand these charges? This is all a big mis- mixed, uh, misunderstanding, I cried out in desperation. Please let me explain. The faces of the council members turned dark and angry at my outburst, and Councilman Sherpoth decided to forego all attempts, all attempts at keeping the proceedings polite. You will constrain yourself from speaking, you dirty piece of elf dung, or we shall unbox your vocal cords in a silencer for the remains of your natural life. (gasps) Spittle flew from his oversized lips and his blunt troll teeth ground together in an excruciating sound. I clamped my mouth shut and merely nodded my head. The councilman gestured that I should be seated. The grand wizard Zaffron stood and approached the council, pulling at his long gray beard as if contemplating what he would say. I knew full well that he had practiced his speech to perfection before ever stepping foot in these proceedings. Today I will prove that Lady Bianca of Algarath did willfully trap Isabella shimmer flick in her handbag and then proceed to three, two, one oh,
2: I think yeah should you three What were you saying, Rhonda?
3: She should switch genres. I'm totally wrapped up in the story. <laughs>
1: I think you should finish what you got going on right now because you got some really good stuff going on right now. And then you need to come back to this. Mm -hmm. I really,
2: really love the grindy troll teeth and the oversized Mm -hmm. lips. That was a picture right there. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, as soon as I heard Shimmer Paw, I thought, is this a warrior (laughs) cat? Oh, it was Shimmer Flick. Oh, and then Sherpa. Oh, it was Sherpa, the the judge person. Oh. Sure paw is, is just funny because my daughter tells me all about the warrior cat stuff and like they have a name that's like paw at the end. I think you mm-hmm. were saying a, it was your Midwestern accent betraying you, I think. Yeah. But
0: um, Yeah, because it was of... sure paw with a TH at the end, but I'm not, I need to practice um, enunciation. I'm ah. not that great at it.
3: Anyway, I that's stop thinking about all the June bugs or not the June bugs, the fireflies I've caught in my life.
2: Yeah, like and how horrible it. to have your vocal cords boxed! Like, yes, that was terrible, but it's a great use worst. of that word. <laughs> nice. I um, that's that would be way worse than going to the Isle of Perpetual Tickling. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs>
2: I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I really enjoyed that, Tina. I mean, you know, if you if you would do really well to do some kind of high fantasy like that, I think isn't that what high fantasy is? Yeah. yeah. Great job, yeah, in my opinion. You. I love it. So who's, okay, who's next? Jamie. Yeah, I'll go next.
0: Um, I love how Rhonda's so um, volunteering you. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. She likes it. Yeah, I'm really in a in a place like Jen. Well, those are words. Yeah. All right, where is it? Sorry, I gotta find, gotta find, gotta find real quick. Ha ha. I don't know how I'm supposed to function. Fatima rolled her eyes. I'm sure you'll make the best of it. But honestly, will you look at these choices? She flung a hand in the direction of the wardrobe rack, and the black shirts and denim hung upon it. It's like the city council worked extra hard to figure out a way to inbox me. I'll have to play the character exactly as they deem appropriate. Fatima wanted to say... Exactly how many ways are there to play this character anyway? It's a stage play based on the book Twilight, not Hamlet after all. <laughs> but she figured it would be less than polite. Instead, she said, with no small amount of constraint, you're talented. You'll play the part wonderfully, no matter what. Judith sighed and cracked open another bottle of the ironically in her case named Smartwater. Water. "'You're a darling, Fatty,' Judith said. (laughs) "'It's nice to know I have at least one friend in this cutthroat world.' "'What did you just call me?' Fatima's eyes narrowed. "'The color drained from Judith's face as she realized her error. "'I only meant—' but her voice trailed off, "'leaving only a crackling silence between the two women. "'Don't you ever call me that again,' Fatima said.' and, with a flash of inspiration, decided to capitalize on a widely known rumor about her family and its connections. She lifted a menacing finger toward the pale and slender actress. I know people. Yes, ma'am, Judith squeaked. Fatima gave Judith a final glare before she left the dressing room, a slow smile spreading across her face. She felt more equipped than ever to attend to the needs of the other cast members in this cutthroat world of community theater.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Cutthroat world of community theater. Best line of the whole thing. I love the name Fatima, first of all. Perfect.
3: I love that this woman thinks that she can shorten it to fatty.
1: (laughs) Right. If my name was Fatima, I would expect people to call me fatty. Like, I would own it.
0: (laughs) Oh, my word.
3: I would get
1: fat just so I fit the fatty. I'm there. Anyway, (laughs) I love it, Jamie. I love, like, the just... First of all, I typed in the, the thing, um, the chat. I love when you read, first of all, mm. like just the expression and just what you bring to it. <laughs> yes. You could read the telephone book if it <laughs> that, that even still exists, and I would be like enthralled with it. So yeah. So excellent writing. Like, I don't know why you thought those were just words. Like Aww. I could see those characters. I was there. I was totally on board. And I love that you pulled me in with like, when you said that she, um, You know, capitalized on the rumors, you know, and said, I know people. And then it's community theater. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So perfect. Love it. Thanks.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was trying to make it to where she was like uh, uh, ironic about it. Like, she knows that it's, I mean, this woman is obviously just thinking too much of herself. But I think I might have needed another 15 minutes or hours to really convey everything. Isn't that always
3: the way it goes? hmm I don't know if you could have amped up the drama in her voice anymore, though. That was so perfect in it the was beginning. was
0: perfect.
2: <laughs> Thanks. All right, Rhonda, what do you got for us?
3: Okay. <clears throat> Not a complete story, but it's a good start for a chapter I'm going to write. All right. I looked up and noticed the Caribbean blue horizon was fading into indigo. We've been at this all day. So much for going we to the library before dinner. I look over my shoulder to see if Grandpa's still whittling on the porch. He's still there, but his crooked old finger is pointing up at the barn peak. Owls are back, he said. Bet there's already a few eggs in the nest up there, he said, to no one in particular. Mm-hmm, Granny agreed, never looking up for a pea shelling, just being polite. Do you think that's the same pair as last year or their kids, I asked. Oh, I don't know, he always said, but he always did know. I imagine those are the same pair from last year, but I hear another pair over yonder. Pointed with the tiny baseball bat had just carved from a twig. I reckon they're last year's young'uns. I gather up the gourds I've been digging out of the pile of leaves and knock on one of them. Looks like these will make nice Martin houses for you this year, Grandpa. See them boxes over there? Throw six or eight in one of them and I'll go put them in your vehicle. I'll come over this weekend and we'll put one up for you. These are for me. I don't know what to say. I learned a long time ago that if you ask Grandpa for something, it's the surest way to not get it. I love his Martin house.
1: The end. Oh, my gosh, Rhonda. That is so good.
0: <laughs> I love your use of the word in box. Oh, thank you. Thank you I for noticing.
1: I did not hear the prompt <laughs> I d- words. I didn't either. Like, I was I so was into so- the story. Like Yes.
0: You the had me a said, crooked
2: old finger.
0: Yeah. When he said, see them boxes over there? <laughs> ah! Oh, that was awesome.
2: That's the only word I <laughs> <Thank> noticed. You. <laughs> Rhonda, thank you. you have to take all these little like you had one where the woman went to the grandmother and she never could do her preserves as well as the grandmother Mm -hmm. and this one and all your ones that feel like that really should be put in a compilation. I mean, because or even just featured in your newsletters or something because they really capture that why people do genealogy and why people do try to preserve because you just really capture these people and all that's beautiful about it. It's so poignant. Ugh.
1: I've read art. a lot of your writing. And I have to say, Rhonda, this might possibly be the best interaction of dialogue and action that I've ever heard read from you. Like, it's just so well done. So, um, uh, yeah, I love these characters. And I just, just very well written. Love it.
3: Well, thank you very much. This is probably the closest to a true story. Grandpa never gave me his gourdhouse birds or birdhouse gourds. I mean, those were his. Oh. But except for that part, that it was my grandpa in there. So I appreciate that I was able to bring him to life for you guys.
1: Oh, so maybe awesome.
2: it was a tiny dream of yours that one day he would be like, "You can have my birdhouse, court because <laughs> you knew how important yes. they were to him. <laughs> yes. and I love the most—the most, uh, most far way not to get something is to ask for it. Because, mm. like you know, when I when I teach my little kids in class, can I go first? You know, you just made sure you would go last, kid. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. I am really tracking with Grandpa there, so that yeah. was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you, I appreciate that. Very,
1: very good. All right. Well, before we go on, we actually have another one we can read. Maria. Really? Yes. Yay, Maria, one of our listeners, um, has tweeted. her. She saw the prompt and she wrote. So I'm going to share that because she put it out there. So we're sharing it. Awesome. So, all right. The sky faded from deep blue into the soft lavender and turquoise hues of twilight. The council had finished their last session of the day, trudging wearily out into the remnants of the evening sunshine. They were grateful for the beauty of the day the heat that remained warming their bones. Yet there was one person who, they knew, would never see the light of day again. They'd buried her in the gardens, where they imagined the flowers would forever grow surrounding where she lay, encased in the wooden coffin that would be her final resting place. It had been their choice to unbox her in their grandest wooden tomb, edged with gold, where the bees would politely pay their respects as they supped nectar. They liked to believe that now she was dead, her spirit would rise free, free from their const- free from constraint. Yet would she? What was left for them now, what was left for them now without her to lead their way? Their queen was dead, no more to rule them. With a heavy heart, they had concluded their last business, their last day of their monarch's reign. Tomorrow, they would look to her son as he established his throne. But for now, there was nothing else to do but to mourn her as the day faded to night. Wow. Very good. I love the
2: bees paying their respects. That's my favorite bit there. Yeah, I love that. And the inbox use was great. Yeah, the inbox use was really good. Wow. How amazing what people can come up with in just 15 minutes Mm -hmm. with just a little bit of a nudge.
1: And that felt very complete to me. Me Me
3: too. And just no editing needed
1: at all. Right. And I love that because this is not us. Right. So people can say, oh, sure. They only take 15 minutes. No, we really do. We only do mm-hmm. it in 15 minutes, which is really apparent in my writing today. But mm-hmm. anyway, like this is someone else like outside of our podcast that has done it. So you can too, if you're watching this right now, tune in every, every Thursday, bef- like within the, the hour beforehand, we will post our, um, our sprint prompt and you guys can do it with us. And you can see it's very doable and it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I think work, um Maria.
2: Jennifer is the one who's on the ball about that and she typically sends it through the Twitter under our Christian Indie Writers yeah. um, Here, Tina. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. So if you're if you don't follow us on Twitter, you should so you can get that uh tweet, tweet elite. So, uh Christian Indie Writ, I think we are. Christ in Wit Writ. Anyway, yeah, just search for us.
1: Yes. Yeah, uh t- social media is the is the for sure the quickest way to get a hold of us, I would say. Um yeah, it's Chris Indie Writ is what, um, what we are. And um, so reach out to us if you have any questions too. And then follow follow us, but follow each one of us too, because we're also on Twitter as well throughout the week.
2: And don't forget to send us your town name ideas.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. <laughs> Please.
2: Okay.
0: Right. So now it's time for the time that I forget every single time that I'm the host. But I'm not forgetting today because I highlighted my notes in bright red. It is time for Accountability Corner. Everybody's favorite time of the podcast. Uh, Who wants to go first?
2: I want to go first because I need some kind of weird special concession. What I really need is to be like allowed to make my goal for this week to come up with the goal for next week because I'm feeling really scattered and all over the place. I have my irons and a lot of, a lot of irons in the fire and I can't really seem to focus. I thought I had a goal last week of editing five of my short stories. So the procedure that I decided to follow was to go through and look at everything that I had written and sort of figure out where it was at. Am I at a thousand words with this piece? Am I at 5,000 words with this piece? And sort of figure out which ones were really worth kind of trying to finish. (laughs) Well, that took a lot longer than I thought. There's a whole lot of stuff off there. And so I never really got around to the actual worth of work of polishing any of them. Um, Well, that isn't true. I think I might, I might be able to say that I got one finished out of the five that was my goal. But I don't, I don't really know if I want that to be my goal anymore. Because the thing that I submitted to the postcast, I was like, it was a, a nano story I'd done, I think my 2017. And I'm like, I really like this story. And so I got sucked in over there and started editing that up. And I just realized like if I'm, if I'm dividing my work between all of this different stuff, I'm not ever going to get anywhere. So I need to take some time and figure out where am I trying to get and how am I going to try and get there? So I just basically need for my goal for next week is to come back with a goal. If you all understand.
1: Yes. But how can we help you do that? Like, how can we keep you accountable and what can we do to help you in that, in that realm, I guess?
2: I don't know. Do you guys have any ideas? Because I don't know how you can help me do that. It's something I just have to do. So, I mean, I don't know the answer to that.
1: Okay.
0: Well, I guess
2: we could just ask her, how's it going? What um, are you doing today? You know, yeah. have you, have you really. figured anything out? What, what is your thought process been? Um, where, you know, are you, are you going to go ahead and edit that story or aren't you um you know what i mean uh-huh. and so that by the time thursday rolls around because i mean obviously i can't wait till wednesday to start mapping out then what i'm going to do so it will just have to be sort of a daily check-in of how's all that going so good tina i think that that would work okay
0: all right what about you Rhonda?
3: well um i don't have a book to show you like i had hoped to the last couple of weeks and to be honest with you I get myself permission to set the book aside because when I went to go write, uh, you know, work on it some more on Thursday last week, I just, oh, it just gave me an instant headache. And it just, I just need to take a break from it. And that's probably going to be a good thing because last night I was kind of itching to get back to it and had um, uh, a thought that I think will solve one of my problems. But I said, no, I'm going to wait until tonight to get back to it. And um, so I did not accomplish my goal last week, um, but I have been writing the um, the piece that Jamie and I were writing. I'm not together, but she was writing a piece and I was writing a piece to submit to a contest. I have been writing that and I'm really happy with it. And next, I wanted it to be my postcast piece for today, but it needs just a little bit more work. And I know they're supposed to be complete pieces. So... Um, I will have that in there for next week for you guys to read and I'll submit it um, as soon as our podcast is done that day. If it's doesn't need, if there's nothing too terrible wrong with it. Um, so I guess my goal for the next week will be to, um, I'm not going to make a goal for my nonfiction book because I think I've been creating blocks for myself by doing that so aggressively And so the one goal I will have you guys accountable, be accountable to you guys for is the sci-fi piece. Oh, okay. That uh, piece, the Beatles piece. Yep. All right.
2: Okay. Okay. So what's next,
0: Jennifer,
2: you want to
1: go? So my goal last week was two things was to show up to office hours every day, make sure that I was showing up and then to, um, write. Now remember, I wasn't on the podcast last week, but I was while I was sitting in the waiting room waiting for my face x-ray. Um, I said that my goals were to show up to office hours every day and to write a romance short. And I did that and I posted it on Twitter. So I did a drabble with the words like you guys did and I did it as a romance. And I did show up to office hours every day, even though I've been feeling like crud. I still did it. Even um, on Monday, I didn't do it online. I actually went and took my office hours and I went to Staples and I worked there and um, worked on my cover and printed it out because the the printer there is as close to what I'm going to get when I print on a book. So I can see like the inconsistencies and the colors and things like that. So uh, I was pretty pleased with this week, actually. I've been doing a lot of editing along with Jamie's help. Thank you very much, Jamie. And um, so my goals for next week are to keep up with the editing and to um, have at least two thousand words written on our Christmas compilation. I need to have my what ifs done and kind of have the idea of going of what I'm going to be writing about, and then get at least two thousand words in.
2: Ooh, that's a good goal.
1: So maybe so that- I want to
2: maybe I want to cheat and steal your goal and also have something done on my Christmas compilation
1: that is, but are Mm -hmm. you,
2: so you're just saying kind of rough draft 2000 words.
1: No, I think I want to have my what ifs done. Like the way I work is I do what ifs, like what if this happened and what if I just write a whole bunch of questions and then, and then I will kind of, then I will start like, since this is going to be a short, it's not going to be, I probably won't outline like I do for my novels. Um, But I need to have an idea of what like my, like all the, the points are going to be. And so then I would like to get, yeah. So, all right. What about you, Tina?
0: Okay. Well, my goal was to do three chapters, get three chapters edited of my manuscript. And when I looked at the chapter I was working on, it was like 5,000 words. I might have to break it up into a couple chapters. Um, But I am at about 18,000 words edited altogether in my manuscript.
2: That's great. That's just, really good. Just
0: for content, I should say. I'm only doing a content edit. Um, and then I'm going to go back and do like the line edits and the copy edits later. Um, so it is, I have 70,000 words that I wrote in the original manuscript. So I'm a good way through that. And so I just want to continue plugging forward. And I also want to have um, at least a part of a rough draft done for my Christmas compilation story. by next week
2: okay awesome
0: well that's all right and is anybody sharing their i know last week they were all sharing what their goals were going to be for the week in the chat did anybody do that this
1: time um yes maria said that her goal is to just keep trying to work out her facebook author page and to try to promote her book which is coming out in two weeks this is book two i think of her series and um she's hoping that she she's that she wouldn't feel too anxious about the attention and being in the spotlight. LOL. My answer to that is Maria, God gave you your story, right? So don't think about you being in the spotlight, but think about putting this, that, how this will spotlight the story that God gave you and putting God in the spotlight and just let him take care of the rest of it. I, um, I understand anxiety and I understand like much preferring, like blending into the wallpaper <clears throat> behind you, but um, God has called you to this. And is giving you these stories, so put it in his lap, and he'll take care of the rest of it. Right. So, right. Good advice. And if you have, if you have any questions about your Facebook page, reach out. to We all have them. Um, wait, Rhonda, do you have a Facebook page uh, for your author? No, I don't. Um, all right, well, I do for sure, Rhonda. I mean, um, sorry, Tina and Jamie, do you have any questions? Reach out to us. I'm, I'd be more than happy to help you or or take a look at it or whatever you need. So yeah,
0: definitely. Okay, well, I think that does it for this epi- episode. Um go head over to our Patreon Patreon, is that right? Patreon page. <laughs> it's it's and early be, and be our patron <laughs> um for two dollars a month and you can listen to the postcast and you can read the pieces that we submit um for critique during the postcast. And some of those pieces actually are from novels that we're currently working on and hoping to publish. So you get a little bit of a sneak peek there. Uh don't forget to sign up for our emails. There's some freebies on there. Um, what do we have on there? We have uh, how to critique, a uh, critique sheet, sheet, sheet. I can't speak today. And uh, we have a few other freebies that you can get if you sign up for our newsletter. So do that. Anything else, ladies, that
2: I'm forgetting? Nope. You did a great job today, Tina.
0: Okay. So this concludes the Christian Indie Writers Podcast. Until next time, may your pen be prolific, your deadlines be met, and may all of your words honor Christ.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.